Southeast Radio's morning mix. How are you guys? How's it getting on? Ah, great to talk to you, Niall. Look, your children's books have been wildly successful, and this is your fifth in total, so can you tell us what this one is all about, please? Yeah, it's called, this is called Follow My Lead, and it kind of looks at all the other books and the kind of techniques that I use, the mindfulness techniques with kids, and the idea of the book came from my own dog and puppy. Like, when you have a dog or a puppy, I kind of equate it to the mind. It's just incredibly busy, curious, runs around the place, does things that probably shouldn't do. And that's what puppies do, you know, and, and you wouldn't, if you had a puppy on a lead, you wouldn't yank the puppy back angrily. You just you, yeah. you just kind of nice and gently bring it back. Yeah. And that's what you need to do with the mind. That's what I'm trying to teach kids when the, when the mind drifts, which it does all the time, mm-hmm. dynamic. And how do you actually settle it? So that's kind of what the, the technique is. And all the books have this relatability kind of and function to them. There's no point in telling a kid who's anxious not to be anxious. It's too late, they're anxious. So you've got to give them a function with that anxiety to, to, to how to, to deal with it. And that's kind of what I do with the kind of mindfulness books. Yeah, it's a great initiative. I mean, I've heard that if you enjoy the last few mindfulness books with the children in your life, you'll love this one. Uh, so in your opinion, what's the difference between mindfulness in children compared to adults? There, you, to me, mindfulness for children is giving them the language of emotion. You're actually giving them ways to express to feel and understand what's going on in their head. Like, one thing I I learned in my own studies and my own PhD work is that if you you don't tell a kid who's anxious not to be anxious, you, you can't do that. It's like telling a dog with the zoomies to sit down, you know. It's, we need to start looking at ways of dealing with it and function. So when a kid's able to express what they're feeling and how they're, how they're feeling, it's really important that you, you validate that and you don't tell them just to push it away, you know, yeah. don't run away from that difficult emotion, sit with it be with it, understand it and be curious to it and soften it and that's kind of what yeah. we're trying to do whereas adults we, we just avoid everything that makes us uncomfortable and kids need to learn to be with uncomfortable feelings I know that illustrations play a huge part. Actually, my daughter's a teacher. I just brought her back to Dublin the other day and we were talking about it. And she, uh, prior she, to getting into the car, she showed me some of her own illustrations. She's an artist herself. Uh, and she highlighted to me that illustrations sometimes can tell even more than the spoken word or even the written word. And the illustrations in the book, they're really eye-catching. Can you, can you talk to us about the illustrator and what the idea was for it? Uh, like I mean, I think you're, you're on a similar path to what my daughter described to me. Yeah, I, I would argue that the illustrations are the most important part. Like they, they really are because that's what kids kind of connect with. They connect with the relatability of the character, you know, the, the, the facial expressions of the character. All of that kind of stuff is so, so important. So the story is just kind of facilitating it. And Emma Proctor was the illustrator of this. And it's very rare where you just basically give them the story and they come back with exactly what you wanted and need. Usually there's a bit of over and back. It just wasn't here. It was just very clear. On And the reason we went with Emma in the first place was because, you know, we'd looked at all her other work and how she, how she gets across kind of really subtle emotions in the face of the characters. And that stuff is, is you know, Gil were brilliant with it as well. They kind of really worked through that. So... It kind of feels like we're in a sweet spot with it now. We don't have to overly think. We're all we know exactly what we're looking for from each book. I mean, look, uh, Owen Calfer, who, who is uh, a good friend and an incredible writer, uh, I mean, he has this knack for writing a talent uh, and talent for writing for children. And you have it as well. Uh, where does that knack come from? You've got to be a child if you want to write for a child. You've got to think like a child. You've got to think of what it felt like. I, I, I do a lot of work with my nephew and I look how he looks at the world and how he navigates his world. And the one thing you can't do is condescend or patronise children. You have to be in their space. 
and when I'm writing, I'm writing like I'm like I'm six or seven years of age, and you you know you have to you ha- it has to be very easy for them to understand because the core message of the book is listen the mind is busy the mind is overwhelming at times it right. it can make you feel uncomfortable at times so you got to create a story that pulls them in and most you know mindfulness books in the past would have been teddy bears or animals and yeah. that's how you and I just don't think we need to do that I think we need to show it's okay as a as a young kid that you're going to experience these difficult feelings that nobody likes. I mean, I'm glad, I, I, I love what you're sharing with me this morning because, as you say, you, you try and take yourself back to, to when you were a child and you were born in 1980. I was born many years before you. And I mean, I don't think uh, we as children were able to express ourselves uh, because of the times we lived in, like children of today. Children today seem to be very confident, um, very assured. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Would you agree? But I think kids are far more able to express the emotion that they're feeling, but I do think they're dealing with an awful lot now. And I think we have to be really careful that we don't take these normal feelings and pathologicalize them or turn them into something that's wrong with kids. You know, I think there's a need to kind of make everything right. perfectly conventional. What do you I mean by that, Niall? Do you mean it's because of the advent of social media and online, etc., whereas when we were growing up, you were lucky if you got a comic or a magazine a week, there was no mobile phones, there was no internet. Are you saying that even though they're more assured, the pressure on them is more than it was, say, when we were, when we were uh, in our sevens, eights, nines years of age? I think it's more the fact that there's a kind of a fear factor with everything where parents are kind of constantly bombarded with information about if your kid isn't perfectly normal or conventional, that there's something wrong. And I think we have to be careful with that. I think every kid is different. I was I used to eat stones and worms in the back garden. Like, I was as odd as you come. And I think we need to allow kids space. And I think the big key of my work is early prevention and early intervention. How do we support kids early? They're dealing with a lot. They're seeing a lot. They're 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 processing far more information than they're probably capable of. So are we, though. You know, adults are are, are exposed to way too much for our, our brains. As neuroscientists often say, we've an old brain for a new world. It doesn't really serve as as well as it used to because kids see threat now everywhere. Could you imagine being a, a young child during the pandemic every yeah. day sitting watching the news with their parents? Yes. Yeah. Going, yeah. my God, it's scary, and it was scary, and we need to help them. Right. Okay, and, and, and maybe there are some that are still affected by what happened then. That's very I know, important. I am. You know, absolutely. I don't think we've been given a chance to process this. And I think there's a difference between lamenting what happened yeah. and processing it and understanding it. And it wasn't pretty and it wasn't easy. And I think we need to create a bit of space for ourselves in the midst of it all. I know you just heard my opening. Before I came to you, I just read out a statement from one of the voluntary bodies here in Wexford. It's good to talk about. Uh, and then, uh, just to fill you in, because you may not be aware of the story, with this wonderful oper- operation, the Ford Psychotherapy Centre, which sadly is going to close its doors uh, at the end of the month. And, and you've been very open about, uh, at the end of next month, and you've been very open about your own mental health. So, when you hear of closures of voluntary bodies who are so essential, how would that register with you, Niall? How would that impact on you? It's very important that my, in that statement, the point making. I, I have my own charity, Love for Life, which is educational mental health in schools and primary schools. I know how hard it is to actually sustain and develop and to build out an organisation. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I think it's important to say, there was a line in that statement that we're filling in the gap. Hmm. And that is so crucial because our mental health system, and Mary Butler knows this more than anyone, is not functioning properly and it's not working, especially for children and young teenagers. So without the NGOs and charities that are actually 
standing up to try and yeah. deliver community care. And that's what the HSE should be doing, community care within the community. That's what we know works. Without them, I do not know where we would be. And I think we have to take this very seriously. And I think the HSE and Mary Butler needs to step up and make sure that in communities like Wexford and, and that other areas that there's always something people can get access to. So this is very important work that they do. I know their organisation. I've seen the other work they do around the country. So we need to step up and support them. And uh, the HSE have to do that. Now, the HSE have the problems because their funding has been yeah. kind of restricted this year from a budget point of view. But we we got to figure out a way. And as I said, hmm. our mental health system is not where it needs to be. We know that. And we got to we got to start developing it. Look, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I want to get back to the book, but musically, what are you at at the moment? Is it still part of your life? The Blizzards are a fantastic band. So uh, what are you doing musically? Anything at the moment? I am. I'm currently working on a, believe it or not, a piano album. I'm a piano player at heart, so I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, my first instrument was piano, so I'm, I'm writing a kind of a, yeah. a kind of a, kind of music therapy piano album yeah. composed composition. So yeah. not quite angry guitar rock, but uh, it's still a huge love of mine anyway. I mean, you've done everything from playing for Westmeath and Gaelic football and representing Leinster and rugby. You've ticked a lot of boxes, but now let's get back to the box that you opened today, which is your brand new book, because it's Christmas is just around the corner. And I know what you're going to say. You know something, Alan? That would make a really good uh, stocking filler. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where is it available? Follow my lead. In all bookstores. You can get them in all your local bookstores. They're, they're out everywhere. And if you, need, you can get them online as well, but yeah. always try and support your local bookstores. Yeah, I really enjoyed the chat. I'm absolutely devastated by the imminent closure of the Ford Centre. It has had a huge effect because it's just one of those bodies that I think is so vital. And to hear you speak positively and actually put forward a message that should be implemented, you, 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 you know, I think that's very important today in our of all days. Absolutely, 100%. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. 